0: Please turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 11, Matthew chapter 11, hallelujah. These are some of the most comforting scriptures in the Bible. This is where Jesus is speaking and he says, come to me all you who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Verse 29, he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Verse 30. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Oh, hallelujah. I want to begin with um, uh, a commentary from Full Life Study Bible. You know I love my commentaries, right? Okay. <laughs> um, they, do, they do a great job of giving us an overall perspective And it says there that Jesus' gracious invitation comes to all that labor and are heavy laden with the troubles of life and the sins of their own human nature. By coming to Jesus, you allow Him to free you from your insurmountable burdens and give you rest, peace, and His Holy Spirit to lead you through life. What trials and cares you carry will be born with His help and grace. Oh, hallelujah. Let's talk about this. Hallelujah. First of all, I I want you to notice, this is an invitation to all. Isn't it wonderful that Jesus said, come to me all? Mm. Amen. He didn't say, come to me all that deserve it. And all the ones that, you know, the nice people, it's to everyone. Amen. Amen. For God so loved the world not just the ones we like (laughs) amen but everybody and i want you to notice and it's always a universal theme it's always god is inviting everybody to come and i think that is so beautiful because one of the things that the devil does is he lies to us one of the things that he does he says yeah everybody but you who knows what i'm talking about you know and suddenly you know what what makes you so special You know when people say, oh no, I don't deserve it. You know, I know they're trying to be humble and that's not humility, dude. You know what makes you so special? Why doesn't the cross apply to you? Amen. (laughs) Okay. So I love this, that it is a gracious invitation. I really love that God is so gracious. You know, we're going to look at this in more detail. But one of the things that I love is that God doesn't judge. He is always loving. And, uh, you know, I I know a lot of people read Old Testament and they get all judgy. (laughs) You know, but can I just say this? You know, God, God's looking after you. God's judgment comes on the people that come against you. Amen. Amen. You know, thank God for God. Because otherwise people will be attacking us left, right and center. The sort of things that I think, you know, I, I'm always thankful to God because you might say, for what? I don't know. He's always looking after things. Thank God I don't know about them. Absolutely. No, seriously. <laughs> don't wait to thank Him. Thank Him in the front end and you'll never see it. That's right. Amen. <laughs> That's, I, I've learned that. That's a bit of wisdom for you. Take it if you want. Yeah. All right. <laughs> So again, you know, it says here, Jesus' gracious invitation comes to all that labor and are heavy laden. You know, this this really blesses me in that so many of us carry things and it weighs us down. Who knows what I'm talking about? You know, and and the more we carry it, the heavier it gets. And Jesus is saying, you come to me. And we're going to look at that in just a minute. And he says, I will give you not more burdens, but rest. Remember again that this is, I want to take you back for a minute, okay? You need to see this in light of what was going on back in his time especially. You know, the religious leaders were great at giving people more and more burdens to carry. (laughs) While they wouldn't carry any themselves. Jesus said, you don't lift a finger, okay, to help anybody. Neither do you do it yourself. You put all these weights on people and all these burdens on people. And sad to say today, pastors are still doing that stuff. I am so sorry to say, you know, now, you know, now listen to me. I'm not one of those people that whitewashes everything and says, it's cool, it's good, it's fine, and you go die, you know, okay? I'm not one of those people. But the thing is, you need to know on the, at the same time, see, in order for us to win the fight, we need to know that God is on our side. Absolutely. Amen. Amen. And we need, you know, if we don't have a revelation of that then we're never going to fight. We're never going to win. We're never going to know who we're fighting. Right. Get, the, get to that later. All right, back to this. So uh, I don't want to spend a long time on this. Okay, I want to get to my scripties. Um, so it, it says, this is so good, but all right, it says here again, Jesus' gracious invitation comes to all that labor and are heavy laden with the troubles of life and the sins of their own human nature. Do I need to even say anything about that? No, okay, we all know that one. (laughs) By coming to Jesus, you allow him to free you from the insurmountable burdens or from your insurmountable burdens and give you rest peace and his Holy Spirit to lead you through life. I really like that because those, those are very important things, not just the rest and the peace, but also the Holy Spirit to guide you through life so you don't run into more problems, so you don't make all the dumb mistakes again, so you don't allow the devil into your life in any way or form. Amen? Amen. All right. <sighs> what trials and cares you carry will be born with his help and grace. That's why the writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews 4.16, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain what? Mercy, and find grace to help in time of need. Do you know that's what the throne room is? It's a throne of grace, not a throne of judgment, not a throne of criticism and condemnation. Amen. Do you know it says in Romans 8, one Now there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. It does say who walk after the Spirit, not after the flesh. Please walk after the Spirit. Okay, but can I just say this as well, that's not talking about a law kind of walking after the Spirit. Do you know one part of walking after the Spirit is when the Spirit tells you that, you know, First 1 John 1, nine. if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness, which means that we are brought back to a place of perfect righteousness, sinlessness before God. Do you understand? And to walk in the Spirit means that you receive that. To walk in the Spirit means that even though you feel bad, even though you're thinking, yeah, but I made such a stupid mistake, I knew better. Hello. <laughs> Putting my hand up. Really high up here. Okay. You knew better you did something dumb. And you know, and then you condemn yourself and the devil gets on that bandwagon. Have you noticed he'll help you? You say, Yeah, that's right. And remember this. <laughs> and remember over here and remember the five things he did there. Wow, that was really. You know, don't go there, okay? When you are walking by the Spirit, the Spirit says, It's under the blood. That's right. Amen. So whenever the devil comes, say, uh, it's under the blood. You want to go talk to somebody, go talk to my Savior. He is our great high priest. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 14 says that seeing now, uh, just I've got this in my footnotes. It says, seeing then that we have a great high priest who passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. Mm-hmm. Amen? You know, we need to hold fast to our confession. What is our confession? We've been washed clean. Absolutely. Amen? You know, so whenever the devil comes at you, don't sit there and mealy mouth. Don't kind of go, yeah, well, you know, I mean, I mean. don't do stuff like that. Amen? We need to stand up and attack the thing. Do you, know, do you know that's the reason why the devil attacks you? And you know he brings to mind all your past failures? Because he doesn't want you to stand up. He doesn't want you to resist the devil and then he'll flee from you. He wants you to accept him and say, yes, come and sit down. Tell me more of what I did wrong. <laughs> you know, that's the last thing you want man <laughs> There's no way you're going to stand up And be more than a conqueror that way Yes but I knew better Yes but you know can I say something Next time you won't do that You know some people say Well who do you want in your ministry People that have made mistakes Because then they've learned And they've, they've, got a, they've got their sword in the ground now they go not past this point Amen let that revelation there alright so <laughs> let's go back to this let's look at this piece by piece Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28 I want to go back to this <clears throat> notice again that Jesus uh, the first three words Jesus says come to me number one I want you to see him you know what I want you to see I want you to see the cross I want you to see Jesus on that cross. I want you to see him paying the price for you. Not for everybody, for you. Okay? That's Jesus on the cross. And he is looking at you with all of your failures and all of your mistakes and everything that you've done wrong. And he's saying, come. Isn't that beautiful? And then he says, come to me. Don't go to anybody else. We are champions at going to everybody else. And he (laughs) he says, you come to me. I really want you to receive that right now. Please do. I want you to see Jesus saying, you come to me. You don't have to go anywhere else. You come to me. This is a safe place. I will not judge you. I will love you. In fact, I love you so much that I died on a cross for you. That's how much I love you. Amen. And so he's saying, Come to me. I really need you to receive that. And I want you to see something. I wanted, let's go to Psalm 23. I'm hoping you see the psalm in a whole different light in relation to what we're looking at now. Okay? Hallelujah. Because he says, Come to me. Why? Because the Lord is my shepherd. See, a shepherd was there to look after the sheep. They, they would take care. Now, we're going to see that at the end, that his rod his staff. I mean, they're there to beat away anything that comes at you. Amen? That's what your shepherd does for you. Anyway, let's keep going. Verse 2. He, who? He makes me to lie down in green pastures. Come to me. Come to me. He leads me beside the still waters. Come to me. Come to me. I will lead you beside still waters. Are you getting this? I want you to receive this today, please. Verse 3. He restores my soul. Do you know counselors can counsel your soul? And that's about it. Live with the problem, they said. (laughs) Okay? But he does something else. He restores your soul. Do you know restoration means it gets put back to the place it was? Before all the problems, before all the attacks, before everything else, He restores your soul. Amen. And you know, His restoration isn't secondhand. We are new creations. You know, when God makes you new, you are brand new. There's nothing old. All things are of God. Amen. So when he restores your soul, it's not kind of like a bit of a broken soul, and you're kind of like, mm-hmm, I can see it's been restored, you know. It's a bit hanging out here. And, okay, it's <laughs> that's man's restoration. That's not, that is not God's restoration. God's restored something, and it's perfect. If it says restored by God on the bottom, <laughs> you got a good deal. Okay? It is better than it was. (laughs) Hallelujah. Amen. So it says here, he restores my soul. He, I want you to see all the he's in this. Because Jesus said, come to me, come to me. This is what I'll do for you. Amen. And he says, he leads me in the paths of righteousness. Oh, that really blesses me. He won't lead you astray. He won't lead you down some path that you'll regret. His paths are righteous. Hallelujah. It's going to be something that blesses you. It's going to be something that causes you to be stronger than ever. Wiser than ever. More powerful than you've ever been in the Spirit. Hallelujah. This is how it works. How are we going? Are you coming to Him now? Okay? All right. Amen. Verse 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. When you're walking through that stuff, don't be afraid. Because fear will attract all the wrong things into your life. Amen. How many times has Jesus said, Why are you afraid? Why are you so fearful? Why did you doubt? (laughs) What happened? Remember the, the incident in the boat? That's right. We're gonna die, we're gonna die, we're gonna get k- 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 like get get yourself together, man. <laughs> he you know, he stands up, reveals the psalm, and then he goes, What happened to you guys? <laughs> oh, I won't go there today. That's in the faith course. All right, <laughs> back to this. Oh, I gotta watch out. So <laughs> he says here. He says, For you are with me. That's why I fear no evil. Second thing, that's not it. He's not just Jesus isn't just going, (laughs) Yeah, don't fear evil, I'm here. And go, yeah, so what what, what's the big deal about you being here? That's the next part. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You know those things. Jesus went to self-defense school. (laughs) He can swing a rod, man. (laughs) You know, anything come close to you. Hey, who do you think taught David? He said, I took the line, I took the bear, I'll take this turkey. Don't worry about it. I'm into these guys. <laughs> you know. It, it, he taught him, Jesus taught him. That's, right. That's why I think it's such a joke, you know. Glad <laughs> says, Hey, I've been trained by the best. He goes, I've been trained by the most high. Whatever high you got, mine's the most. You know? <laughs> so, anyway. So, amen. So he says here again, for you are with me. And the again. The benefit is your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Verse 5, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And he says, you anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Isn't that beautiful? He says, you anoint me. You anoint my head with oil. Do you know oil is representative of the Holy Spirit? Don't read too much into a lot of things, but just take that one, okay? And I love this. Do you understand my, my cup runs over? You are full to overflowing. Remember the first thing? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. I shall not want because my cup's overflowing. Isn't that beautiful? That's the place you want to be. Do you know we can only minister from the overflow? Are you all here? A lot of times people are trying to minister from whatever tiny little bit they have left. And then they're depressed. (laughs) Because you used up the little bit you had. You're never meant to do that. You are meant to be in a place of overflow. You are meant to be in that place where you got so much, you kind of going, you say, anybody that wants anything? Any prayer, anything, no, I'm here. Amen. You know, sometimes people say to me, oh, I'm so sorry to bother you. It's just like, I'm overflowing, what do you need? You know? No, not all the time. I'm not super spiritual. I don't have a hell over my head. Some days I wake up and go, oh, go away. <laughs> okay. There are those times, hallelujah, okay? No, I shouldn't say hallelujah. But you know, <laughs> there are those times. But you know what? <laughs> I have learned how to encourage myself. Do you understand? You can encourage yourself. Just read this stuff. Yeah. Because this isn't you trying to get something. This is the document that says this is what you have. Absolutely. You know, when I look at my bank statement, I'm not trying to be happy. If it's full of money, I'm happy. I don't have to do anything. Amen. It's just telling me what I got. You know? It's just a fact. This is a fact. Amen? Hallelujah. (laughs) Oh, I love this next verse. Remember again, he's saying, come to me. This is why. Surely, goodness and mercy. Goodness and mercy. Not judgment. Goodness. And mercy. A lot of Christians today preach badness and judgment. No, I'm <laughs> just telling you, okay? But I want you to see something here. He says, Goodness and mercy. Watch this, shall follow me. They're following me. I'm not looking for them. They are following me. And notice, all the days of my life, every single day, there's goodness and mercy there. Isn't that beautiful? Amen? And he says, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's our final blessing. Amen. So Jesus says again, this is only the first part of the verse. (laughs) We haven't got far yet. All right, he says, come to me. Why? Because I will do all of this for you. I am your peace. I am your righteousness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As our great high priest in heaven, Jesus has direct access to all of heaven's resources. I read to you Hebrews 4:14. 4, and beyond this, whatever you go to Jesus, oh, excuse me, whenever you go to Jesus, you are effectively going to the Father. Remember that Jesus said in John chapter 10 and verse 30, he said, "I and my Father are one." So when you go to Jesus, you're going to the Father. Remember Jesus said, "Your Father knows you have need." You know, don't ever go to God with a list. I know people have said, now write all this stuff down. He knows, he knows your list. That list is for you, it's not for his failing memory. <laughs> okay? That's because you ask. Because you know, we tend to forget stuff. You know, we, we receive our blessing and we go hallelujah and we forget about it. Don't forget. David said, forget not all of his benefits. Now, I know he was talking about all the things like, you know, forgiveness and all that sort of stuff. But can I just say, you know, it's a blessing when you get your prayers answered. Remember those things. Amen. Because that's, it's in place. Let me rephrase it. It's when we continually thank God that we leave the door open for God to bless us more and more. And we keep the devil out. You know, a thankful heart. I was going to say something else, but let me just say it's rare. But a thankful heart (laughs) leaves the door open for God to continue blessing you. You're not being thankful because you want to be blessed. You're being thankful because you are being blessed and you're not forgetting it. And that allows more blessings to come. Isn't that beautiful? That's the right heart. Okay, not one that's negotiating all the time. So getting back to Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28, in relation to Jesus saying again, come to me, William McDonald writes, he says, the object of faith, listen, listen to this, the object of faith is not a church, a creed, or a clergyman, <laughs> just saying, I hate that word, but <laughs> the living Christ. Did you get all of that? The object of faith is not a church, not a creed, not a clergyman, but the living Christ. We need to understand that that's who we go to, that's who we depend on, that's who loves us. Amen. That's who died for us. That's why Jesus says, you come to me. Amen. See, a lot of what, you know, in relation to what what william mcdonald said a lot of times people just want to run to the church or, or they want to run to their their priest or pr- pastor or clergyman or whatever <laughs> okay or they want to go and say their our fathers and their hail marys and everything else creeds whatever okay he's saying it's not all of that it's a person you're running to right. amen and he's living <laughs> okay we don't serve a dead god <laughs> you know that's the whole reason for uh, romans 10 9 do you know the two things that you need to do? Confess your mouth, Jesus, Lord, and what? Believe that God raised him from the dead. You're not worshipping something that's dead. That's right. Hallelujah. He says again, come to me, all who, you who labor. Or the literal translation says, you who are weary from labor and are heavy laden or heavily burdened, and I will give you rest. Firstly, so that we know that uh, what is actually being spoken of here, okay? The verb rest seems not to imply the rest that is the complete cessation from labor, which is made clear when Jesus goes on to speak of, of his yoke of learning and his burden. The rest in mind is the rest that enables the worker to go back to the task with renewed vigor. Boy, isn't that good? See, that's the rest he gives you. He's not saying, rest, don't work anymore. That's it. (laughs) No bludge. Okay? (laughs) That's that's not Jesus, okay? he's The rest that he gives you, you get strength back. You get your vigor back. And you go, you know, you're like the guy that rests, and then it's just waiting to run back into the fight. Amen. That's what Jesus wants. You know, he doesn't want us to just lie around doing nothing. When he says, I'll give you rest, he says, take a minute, come over here, get recharged. Amen. Amen. See, that's one of the things we need to learn to do, family. We need to take time out to be with him, not just so it's a religious practice of, oh, dear God, i got to pray again. Okay, it's not that. It's a matter of, I need to get recharged. I need to spend time with God. Do you know that's what, I know the prayer course is coming, alright? But you know that's, on Bible College, but you know what, that's what it's all about? We really have to take prayer out of this religious, I was going to say yucky context. I said it, right. Because people have this, you know, there's all, this is how somebody put it once, there's all of these beautiful blessings and then there's prayer. Dear God, <laughs> you know, they just balance it all out. That's not how it is. All right. All these blessings come through prayer. How much time do I have left? I have not been paying attention to the guide. Three minutes. I should have been paying attention. Okay, never mind. You know what? I don't want to rush through this. <laughs> uh, let's keep going. All right. Uh, therefore, this scripture in no way contradicts what the Apostle Paul said in Ephesians 2.10. And that is, for we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. Do you know we are meant to be doing something? Amen. So when he says, I'll give you rest, he's saying, listen, come get recharged so you can go do what I called you to do. So you can do it with renewed vigor, with a greater focus and greater wisdom. Amen? And that's really what he wants. He wants us to be walking the kind of life, family, that shines wherever we go. That people look at you and by your life, they know something is different about you. Not by what you say. Jesus said, be witnesses, not do witnessing. We are too busy doing witnessing and not being witnesses. Do you know the the strongest testimony you can have is when somebody sees you and they see something different about you and they ask you, now's the time. Because their heart is open. They want to know. They see something different. Now even if it's a little hard to swallow, they will listen because they asked. You didn't push. Are you all with me? You know, we're trying too hard to convince people with our words. When our life is meant to be epistles read by all men. What are they reading? (laughs) I'll leave you with this story. We'll finish here. So these policemen drive up to this car that has all these um, Christian stickers all over it. And they see this woman leaning out the car and, and just tooting her horn and yelling all sorts of... Colored metaphors, I don't know how to put it, okay, at the car in front of him because the light turned green. Have you noticed in this country, if the light turns green and you don't hit the, you know, hit your accelerator and get going straight away, everybody gets upset. <laughs> I mean, if you pause for half a second, they go, what is wrong with them? Are they dead or something. <laughs> Hurry up, move, move. That's this society, <laughs> Okay, and so they, you know, and so the police car is watching this woman just throw obscenities and, and and just carry on, and so they pull over and book her they they take her into the police station and they, they they're fingerprinting her everything, and then they find out who she is, and they say, Oh, okay, you can go she's like, What what you book me but you, why, why?' They said, oh, sorry madam, we saw all the stickers on your car and we saw the behavior of the person in the car and thought surely somebody's stolen some nice Christian lady's car. <laughs> we, don't need, we didn't know it was your car. And you were the nice Christian lady. Anyways, <laughs> what does your life say? What are you doing when nobody's looking? Amen. That's where the power is. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. We'll continue this next week. Father, we thank you today for your word. And we just thank you, Father, for the fact that Jesus says, come to him. And we thank you, Lord, that today we take that with us. That we learn to go to you, Lord. We learn to do that. Hallelujah. That you are our first port of call. Whenever anything goes wrong, we seek you. Because you're the one that died for us. You're the one that has everything for us that we need. And We thank you for that. In your name we pray, in Jesus' name, amen.